So we want to get right into the word of the Lord again tonight. Amen. Yeah. All right. We've been talking about rejoicing, Christian soldiers and rejoicing. Amen. Now, last week we was talking about rejoicing in the gospel. Amen. And we saw that, you know, Paul says in 1 Corinthians for the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And once we realize how we apply that to our lives, we repent of our sins. We are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins. God fills us with the Holy Ghost. And then, amen, we get excited. Amen. And we just rejoice all the time. And this is what Paul is saying in Romans, I mean, Philippians 4 4. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And so that's, you know, one of those things we have to build ourselves uh, to get to those points, say, that we obey the Scripture and become doers of God's Word because God has our very best interests at heart. And we saw in Isaiah 61.3 that God has given us that garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That we might be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Amen. And so we want to be able to constantly magnify the Lord, to glorify God, to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. No matter what you're going through, is is a lot easier to rejoice than to complain. <laughs> So you need to get in the habit of saying, I'm going to rejoice in this situation. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but God is going to work all things out together for good to them that love him, to them who are called according to his purpose. So I got to get in the rejoicing habit and see what God is going to do in it all. Amen. And that's what he wants us to do. So tonight we want to go to number three on your paper tonight. We're going to talk about rejoicing in fellowship rejoicing and fellowship amen is where we're going to try to pick up a little bit here tonight amen and talk a little bit about this uh rejoicing and fellowship uh, if i can find my paper i'm on the wrong side amen praise god amen so rejoicing and fellowship philippians 2 1 and 2 paul writes to the philippines again philippine church or the Philippian church, if there be therefore any constellation in Christ, if there any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, any bowels of mercies, fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like mine and having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Amen. So in so many ways, the church had forgotten the importance of good Christian fellowship. Amen. It was the fellowship of the saints that made the church grow and Paul and others happy. In Acts 2, we see that in verse 42 through 47, and they continue steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs was done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. 
And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So fellowship is important and is key. Now, a lot of times we think a fellowship is just sitting around shooting the breeze, you know, but fellowship goes deeper than that. When you look at the early church, what took place in fellowship is they shared the Word of God. They began to study the Word of God. They began to search out the things of God. And they began to edify others through the Word of God. So that when those that did not know came into the fellowship or came into the house where they were, they, the Word of God began to be shared with them. And as a result, they fell down and they began to worship God also. And that's what the key portion of, of, of fellowship is, is having good time together, but you're edifying and you're building up and you're talking about the Word of God. You're strengthening it through the Word of God to other people. Amen. Not in a mean way or a uh, I know more than you type way, but to be able to share the truth in love. And this is what fellowship is all about because when you begin to listen to people talk in the group of fellowship, people begin to bring out problems. People begin to bring out situations and circumstances. And so, therefore, those of us who are to be wise in the Word of God is to be able to share the truth in love, be able to impart some wisdom and knowledge and truth of the Word of God. And this is what the early church did. They continued steadfast. And the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread. Now, I told you a few weeks ago, you don't see the apostles talking Acts 2.38 right off the bat. You don't see them beginning to bash people right off the bat. That's not of Christ. Amen. They presented Christ to them in a true and loving manner. If you notice Peter on the day of Pentecost, what did he do first? He preached to them. About Jesus. In other words, he laid out what Joel had said and what David had said about Jesus Christ. And as a result, as he laid that out to the people, the people began to themselves to realize within themselves, well, we've missed something here and we need to change. And so, and as a result of that, they says to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized now, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is to you, to your children, and all therefore, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And then we see that they continued in fellowship. They continued breaking the bread. In other words, the Word of God. They continued studying the Word of God. Because as you study the Word of God and as the group began to grow... What's happening? God is adding to the church. See? And that's what that's how it was all about. And that's how it all continues to grow. So we want to fellowship. Fellowship is about that communion or having communion with God and with others. So you should be in communion with God all the time. Your devotion, your prayer life, your study, your daily devotion life that you have should cause you to be in communion with God. Now, a few weeks ago, I think, or may have been last week, I was talking about taking communion. 
you know, you don't need me to stand up here and give you a piece of, a piece of bread and, a, and, some, and some juice. You can do that yourself. See, you know, that was never a, a requirement in Scripture by the, to the ministry. Jesus says, as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. See, so therefore, when you are in communion and fellowship with Christ, if you want to break bread with Jesus, break bread with Jesus. You know, if you want to have your juice and, and drink it with Christ, you're, you're doing it unto him, not to me. See, you, as often as you do this, you do show what? The Lord's death until he comes. In other words, when you take it, you are saying, God, I want to be like you. I want to be with you. I want to walk according to your word. Because it's not some ritual the way you just come up here and, and get some and take it and then go out the door and do the same old dumb things you've been doing all along. It's supposed to be some changes transpire. That's why he says, examine yourself. Say, You've got to search yourself. Amen. And this is what God is trying to get us to see. And what the Word of God is trying to get us to see through the Word of God is because I want to have fellowship with Him. I want to be in communion with Him. Notice what Paul says in Philippians 3.10. Oh, that I might know Him. See? Notice. He says, oh, that I might know Him. I want to know Him. See? I want to know his heartbeat. That's why John, if you notice in Scripture, John was always laying on his heartbeat. He was laying up against him. He was leaning against him. He, that's close enough to hear the heartbeat of God. He wanted to know him. So Paul says, oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. Amen. I want to know that power. And I want to what? The fellowship of his suffering. Say, being made conformable. Unto his death. See, I want to die to this world. I want to die to the things of this world so that I can be like him. I want to walk according to his ways. I want to be so much in fellowship with Christ. See, I want to commune with him. I want to be with him. Amen. I want to know him. Everything I can about him, see. And that requires me to be in fellowship with him. If I want to know about Brother Dennis, I'm going to have to spend some time with him. You know, if you want to know Christ, you're going to have to get along with him. You're going to have to spend some time with him. You've got to be in his word. You've got to build a prayer life and a solid listening and talking with him. Studying the word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart. See, that's why I won't sin against God. You want to be in that fellowship with him. This is what we've got to get to that point. He says, so all I want to know him in the fellowship of his being conformed, if by any means I may attain to that which I am also apprehended of. He says, I count myself not to apprehend, but this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind. Why do we forget those things that are behind? Because if any man be in Christ... He's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new, right? 
So you're walking in newness of life. This is why Romans 6 says, amen, if you have been buried with the Christ in baptism, you are now risen to walk in newness of life. Say, you're a new creature now. You're not the old guy. All the sins, everything you did before is behind you. Don't look back. Because if you look back, you're going to want to go back. What was the children of Israel's problem? They kept looking back. They kept saying, wish we'd have died in the wilderness. Wish we'd have died in Egypt. Wish we'd have been back there with the cucumbers, the garlics, the leek, the stuff to give you bad breath. They wanted you to be back there. Right? <laughs> they wanted to go back to that stuff instead of where God was leading them to. See? And that's just what God is trying to show us. I brought you out to bring you in. And, and the, they had the pillar of cloud today and the fire at night, see, to lead them and to guide them. God's presence was always with them, see. And this is why he says, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. So if he's here with me, I'm going to have fellowship with him. I'm going to talk to him. I might as well spend time with them so I get to know him. Look, look at Luke 24. Go to Luke 24. Uh, let's see. What do, I, I guess, let me see if I can find it. If I got it on my paper, I don't know. I might get lost here. Hold on, y'all. I, go to 24. Luke, Luke 24:24. We'll start there and we'll walk down through the scriptures, maybe 35. And certain of them, now this is, Jesus is, 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 was crucified, you know, and now everybody's sad and everybody's lonely, you know. They forgot everything he had told them, you know, and stuff, you know. And certain of them which were with him, with us, went to the sepulchre and found even as so the women had said. But him they saw not, verse 25. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow to heart, to believe. All that the prophets have spoken. See, the prophets of old, every one of them had laid out about Jesus Christ coming. They had laid out about his life, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. They had already laid it out. And so they should have known. See? And so he says, Oh, not Christ, they have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. And beginning at Moses, which are the first five books in the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, which is known as the Pentateuch or the Torah, he began at Moses and the prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Lamentations, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Rebecca, who else? Zephaniah, Zechariah, Malachi, right? So he, 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 he went to all those prophets and expounded them in the scriptures the things concerning Pastor Parker. Huh? Himself. Amen. <laughs> he began to tell them, hey guys, it was all about me. All right, verse 28. And they drew nigh unto a village, whether they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. Verse 29. 
But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. Come on in. Let's fellowship here. For it is towards even, and the day is forespent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he said at meet. Now here is the fellowship, right? As he said at meet with them, he broke bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them. And their eyes were open. And they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Woo! Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? Notice this fellowship. This is what I'm saying. See, as you begin to break bread... As you begin to share the scriptures, as you begin to to do these things, amen, somebody's heart is going to catch on fire. Somebody's going to realize something that they didn't know. There's some encouragement and strength that's going to be given in this thing, amen. And they said, did not our hearts burn in us as he inspound and opened to us the scripture? See, that's what fellowship is all about. Studying the Word of God, bringing to clear understanding. See, he began all the way back to Moses and brought him all the way through the whole Old Testament scriptures and popped it right into their laps. Man, it blew them away. Amen. Now, notice verse 33. And they rose up the same hour and they returned into Jerusalem and found the leavens gathered together with them. Were them, amen, verse 34, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, <laughs> and have appeared unto Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in the breaking of bread. Catch that. He, they was known by the breaking of the bread. See, studying the word, revelation of truth comes through the word of God. That's the only way they knew he when he broke bread and gave it to them. They understood now. See, and this is what fellowship is so important. And you want to be excited about having fellowship and sharing the word of God because somebody's going to come into knowledge of the truth about who Jesus Christ is. And as a result, they're going to start rejoicing and you're going to rejoice. Amen. That they have that understanding. As well, amen, praise God. This is what fellowship is all about. Go to John 3, oh, third John, chapter 3. Third John. <laughs> it's only one chapter, about 10 verses, I think. Amen. Go back to verse 1, if you would, please. 3, 1. And we'll read through 2, 3. Amen. The elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. And you, they know Gaius was one of those guys that hung out with Paul. When you go back and you read uh, the book of Timothy and Titus, you see he mentions about Gaius. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as thy soul prosper. How do you make your soul prosper? How do you make your soul prosper? Come on, Bible scholars. Study the Word of God. Amen. 
You put the word of God in you, the inward man. Though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is supposed to be renewed day by day. You're supposed to be having devotion and fellowship with Christ, your communion with him. You're hiding this word in your heart so that inward man should be rejoicing constantly. That's why you should rejoice always, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through. The outward man is going to perish. The outward man is going to have problems. The outward man is going to have situations. The inward man is the one you're concerned about because that's the one that's going to be with him forever and ever. So you want to build this inward man, your soul man. Amen. There was a song used to be, I'm a soul man. (laughs) Get out of here. <laughs> Amen. I'm a soul man, you know. And that's what you got. To, maybe I need to play that around here. <laughs> but your soul, man. Amen. You want your soul to be. <laughs> Brenda, quit. Amen. Dennis, get her in check. Amen. <laughs> so you want the soul to be renewed day by day. See? And this is why we've got to have this personal communion with him. See, I want to know him because I want my inward man to be strong so that when things are surrounding me, when earth all around me is sinking sand on Christ, the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I can go to the rock. Amen. I I need to be able to have this inward man so secured in Christ that no matter what I face, I can still rejoice in him at all times. So Paul, John is saying, I want your soul, amen, and to be and be in good health because as long as my soul is healthy I'm going to be in good health amen notice for I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified the truth that is in thee even as thou walkest in truth amen I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth Amen. You're walking in the truth. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. So when we're walking in the truth, we're walking according to the word of God. Amen. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Amen. Full of grace and truth. Amen. So we, our soul shall be prospering. And it comes with that fellowship in him, communion with him. Oh, I want to be in fellowship with him at all times. Amen. And this is why we've got to learn to walk in truth. Now, we saw a few weeks ago, we was talking about Acts 8. We know that the church was spread abroad because Paul was persecuting the church in Acts 8. And Philip went down to Samaria, right? We saw this a few weeks ago. And what did he do when he went down to Samaria? What did he do? He preached Christ unto them, right? Fellowshipping with them, he began to preach and to teach them Jesus Christ. And the Bible lets us know that many unclean spirits went out and those that were, were sick was healed and, you know, all kinds of things transpired. And the Bible says that there was what? Great joy in that city but before it wasn't there right so 
when we come to share the word of truth, then there's going to be some great joy. You should never leave a fellowship discouraged. You should never leave a, a fellowship with a bunch of saints of God and all you heard was a bunch of complaining and murmuring and bickering. Never should happen. See? Because you are walking in truth. Amen. It didn't come with your salvation. <laughs> come on. Amen. You are supposed to have the fellowship with him because you want to be able to impart to others. Man, the truth of the matter so that you can heal their broken hearts. What did Jesus say in John four seventeen and 18 and 19? He says, verse 18, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Luke four eighteen. for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearts, the priest delivered to the captive, the recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. See? Now, he cut that off right there because the last part, if you would look at Isaiah, he talks about the vengeance. See? But that's not what he was here for right now. See? The vengeance piece comes later. (laughs) See? Because as he told them, I didn't come to condemn you. I come to save you. Say, but the word later on will deal with the vengeance part to those that don't obey the truth of the gospel, right? So the, the key here is that we come into fellowship with him so that we can share truth with others. And as a result, it brings us joy. See, this is what John is saying. I have no greater joy than when they come and told me that you're walking in truth. I will tell you, I, I have no greater joy as a pastor when I hear that people that I've ministered to or people come into the knowledge of the truth of Jesus Christ and see that they need to be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with His Spirit and live for Him. Man, I'm most excited. You can't put a price tag on that. Amen. Amen. To know where somebody has been changed or lives. I mean, boy, we used to have some exciting times in Japan when somebody calls and says somebody's going to be baptized in the East China Sea. We'd get up at midnight and go to the ocean to baptize people because they saw the matter of the truth and fellowship. This is what would happen in fellowship. Soldiers, Marines, and airmen would be having Bible study and fellowship in the barracks. I mean, with the other Marines and soldiers and stuff, they had sailors. They would be talking about the Lord and having a good time. And, and all of a sudden, some of the young privates and stuff would realize, man, I need to be saved. You know, God would fill them with the Holy Ghost and the phone would ring and they said, see condition red. You know, we're going to the East China Sea. So everybody jump up out of their bed, get dressed, drive down, turn the headlights on in the ocean. So that people could see them being baptized. That all happens in fellowship. Because in that fellowship, people would come to the knowledge of the truth. So you have that same opportunity 
when you have people in your homes and in your house and you go to somebody's house and you're in fellowship to share the truth in love so that they can see. Amen. So I rejoice when people see that they need, amen, to be born again. Amen. This good news causes you to rejoice. Amen. Praise God. That's why we teach Bible studies. That's why we share the gospel of Christ. Amen. With each and every one. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 9. Paul says, God is unfaithful. Huh? What does that mean, God is faithful? Trustworthy? Reliable? Unchanging? Amen. You can depend on him, right? He's going to come through. You just have to learn how to what? (laughs) Thank the psalmist that says, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And he will strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord, right? So you got to learn how to wait on God. So that's why you got to learn just like grace. You have to learn grace, grow in grace. You got to learn how to grow in rejoicing. You know, you just got to make up your mind when you get bad news like Job. Yeah, you ever read Job? Y'all do you read the book of Job, right? Anybody ever got that much bad news in two seconds? <laughs> you know, look at all the bad news Job got just like that. Boom, 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 boom. Man, enough to rock your whole cradle. But what did he do? He just worshiped God. Did he? Did he start that when he got the bad news? No. He rose up early and he communed with God way before the bad news ever came. So the inward man, his soul was ready when the bad news came. So he could still says, the Lord gave in, Lord take it away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And he just fell down and worshiped God. See, that's what you've got to do. Worship the Lord. The Lord is looking for such to worship him. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But it starts, brothers and sisters, in communion with him. He brought you out. See? So he can bring you in. So now you need to build that fellowship and communion with him. You need to spend time. You want to know his voice. You want to be able to discern his spirit and his presence. God is faithful. Amen. This is what Paul told Timothy. This is a true saying. You know, if you deny him, he's going to deny you. You know, that sounds pretty faithful to me. (laughs) You know, know, if you don't believe not, he's still faithful. (laughs) He can't change who he is. That's his nature. That's his character. He's faithful. So God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship with Jesus. He called you out of the world into the marvelous light. So you're supposed to be in fellowship with him. See? 
He called you. See? He says, come on. He walked by the seaside. Guys, Peter and Andrew out there throwing their nets. You know, he said, come on. I'm going to teach you how to catch men. Go by here is James and John, men in their nets. Come on. I'll show you how to mend. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Come on. Follow me. See? And he did the same thing to you and I. He walked by and somebody else, amen, and says, come on. Follow me. And then you came. So now you need to build that fellowship, that communion, the knowledge of him. Oh, that I might know him. See, you want to build this relationship, amen. You're born again of the water and the spirit. So now we need to commune with him, amen. We want to have that bread and cup continually, amen, with him. Praise God. Breaking bread. Fellowship. Drinking that juice with him, amen. And getting to know him. Every day, it should be a meeting place. You know that song that says, I come through the garden alone? When is the dew on the roses? In the morning. See? <laughs> In the morning. You want to get up? And the voice I hear, falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy that we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Notice the joy you share with him as he's inspiring and opening to you. That's why they said, man, did not our hearts burn within us? As he expound to us the scriptures, God will reveal to you hidden things. This is why the psalmsters is saying in Psalms 119 verse 18, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold the wonders in your law or in your word. There's so much stuff. This is what Paul is saying. I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of men, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But he's revealed them to us by his spirit. See, we are to know these things so that we can share with others and bring them into the understanding. And they too can see how much God really loves them. And what he has planned for them and for their lives. Amen. So that that soul can prosper and be in good health. Amen. Praise God. Notice John 15. John 15. Familiar passage of scripture. Right? John 15 verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the caretaker. That's what a husband is, is a caretaker. Farmer or caretaker, right? Remember a couple of weeks ago when I preached, we talked about we were God's building, 
We were laborers together with God, right? So we're caretakers of this temple, right? Amen. Because it belongs to God. It don't belongs to us anymore. You're not your own. <laughs> you belong to Him, right? Amen. So I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, He take it away. How much fruit you got? Game fruit? Well, you see Amos, summer fruit, right? Basker some. Every branch of me that bear not fruit, he takes it away. And every branch that bear fruit, what does he do? He puts you through the grinder. <laughs> you think that vine like being clipped? You think that vine like being cut? Amen. Do you know why they prune the vine? Well, not only that, because if it doesn't, the grapes and all the fruit that grows out here on the end of the limb would break it away from the tree. See? And it's stronger back. See? So that's why they prune it. They take the dead stuff that's going to easily... Once you get a lot of weight on it, can pull it away from the vine or from the base of the tree. And so it'll rip it off. And then what? It's no good at all. See? And so the pruning process is to make it stronger so it can hold the fruit. And as a result, the nutrients that's coming through the root don't have as far to travel. And those apples or grapes get bigger Closer back this way, say, and you don't have to worry about it breaking. So he purged you. So when you are getting some pain and some suffering and some hurts and some stuff in your life, don't get angry. Don't get mad. Rejoice. <laughs> Rejoice when you're going through this stuff. That's what Peter is trying to get you to see in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you, but rejoice inasmuch as you are partaker of Christ's suffering, that when the glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. See? So buckle up. <laughs> You're going through some stuff. Okay, it's going to be a little painful, but that's why he's giving you. I heard somebody say something early about the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. You know, a soldier has to learn how to stand in the cold. <laughs> a soldier has got to learn how to stand in the heat. He's got to let the rain come on his head. He's got to crawl in the mud, you know. He's got to go through some things in his life. So get ready. You're going to go through some stuff. But you've got to exceed in precious promises. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm faithful. See? I'm faithful. I'm right there with you. I'm as close as the mention of my name. All you've got to do is rejoice. All you've got to do is praise me. 
Because whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that order his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. So God says, don't sit around complaining and murmuring and bickering because that's not the conversation I want to hear. I'm not going to deliver you as long as you sit there murmuring, bickering, and complaining. But if you start rejoicing and praising me, I show you the delivering process. I'm the true vine. You are the branches. Every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he takes it away. Amen. Every branch that beareth fruit purges it. Doesn't seem right, does it? I'm bearing fruit. Why are you going to punish me? <laughs> because my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts are not your thoughts. They're so much higher. Have you looked into the treasures of the snow? <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Go back to John 15 now. We're getting there. Wow, where did the time go? Amen. John 15? Amen. We there? Amen. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Notice. You get clean by the word, man. Amen. It cleans you all just like a laxative. Shh. Amen. I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear forth fruit of itself, except that it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. you got to stay in him. That's why it's so key in fellowship. That's what it's all about, brothers and sisters. This is how you stay in the vine. It's fellowship and communion with him. See? Because if you build a own strong relationship with Christ, you're automatically going to have a strong fellowship and relationship with your other brothers and sisters. You're going to have a strong relationship to the place that you worship. See? Because you realize I'm a part of the family of God. I've been engrafted into this thing. See? Because without me, you can't do anything. You can get all the degrees in the whole wide world. But without Jesus, you aren't accomplishing anything. You can't take it to heaven with you. You know? So you need to realize the relationship. He wants to be in fellowship with us. Verse 6. If a man abide not in me... He's cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather and cast them in the fire, and they're burned. Notice, getting up all the dead vines that fell off, throwing them in the fire. That's not of God. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If you abide in me, and my word abide in you, you should ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Notice, you want to be his disciple. Amen. And it starts with abiding in the vine, fellowshipping with him. Amen. Stand strong in him. Praise God. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10. 
verse 20 through 21. 1 Corinthians 10. And I'm going to probably have to stop here and we'll pick up next week. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10, 20 through 21. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice the devils and not the God. And I would not that you should have fellowship <laughs> with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of the devil. You cannot partake at the Lord's table in the table of the devil. <laughs> you can't have dinner at Jezebel's house. <laughs> Come on. Amen. <laughs> Come on. You you can't be in communion with Christ. As I said on the onset, if you take communion, you can't walk out there and go to the beer bottle. Okay? If you eat the bread of flesh of Christ, you can't go out there and do all that foolishness. Because you're in communion with Him. You are falling in love with God because you want Him to impart to you the things that He has for you. Because you want the truth in you so you can share the truth with others. See, this is what Paul is saying. You want to be in fellowship with Him at all times. See? This world is not your home. We're just passing through. And it's so much joy when you're in fellowship with Christ. Your heart is going to burn. Your heart is going to rejoice. That means you're just going to be full of joy. That's what that means. It's just tugging at you. Because you realize what you're now receiving. I don't know about you, but when I hear the Word of God, I get excited. You know, when a new revelation of the truth from God's Word is brought to me, I'm excited because God is opening my understanding to more. Amen. Because He wants my best interest. He wants me to be full of joy. That's what Jesus says in John 15, amen, 11. These things have I spoken unto you. That your joy, my joy might be in you and that your joy might be full. He wants you to overflow with the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. He wants you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. He wants you to be steadfast and unmovable. He wants you to be able to be like Tomex, take a licking and keep on ticking. He wants you to have everything that you need, amen, to endure all the way to the end. This is why you've got to spend communion and time with Him and rejoice in the Word of God because He wants you to be joyful all the time not just at christmas 24 7 365 66 days a year god wants you to be full with joy and it all starts brothers and sisters with that fellowship in him so the more fellowship you spend with him you will rejoice i promise you he's going to reveal to you some things amen that will cause you to rejoice amen well i'm going to stop there but uh hopefully you wrote down some of these scriptures you go back you read out them tonight next week we're going to be picking up from here a little bit more 
We're going to talk about rejoicing and sacrifice for the cause, rejoicing in the Lord, and rejoicing for the loving care of the church. Amen. Hopefully we get through this. If not, we'll move on anyhow. You guys got the paper. You can study. Or I can give you some more here. Amen. But uh, Amen. Don't forget, announcements, prayer, 10 o'clock Sunday. Christmas, open your gifts, get here, open them afterwards. <laughs> Amen. Christmas service, come, let's have some good Christmas service time. Amen. Pass the word, we are having Christmas also. Don't forget, on the 14th of January is our church business meeting, and this is where we come and present to you the board, uh, church board brings forth, you know, where we are financially as a church, what we have given, what we have done for the past year. Uh, leadership positions, all this stuff uh, will be discussed on the 14th, that Saturday morning. Amen. We need everybody to come, be a part of that. Amen. Visions and goals will be expressed for the next year. Amen. Uh, And what God is doing. Amen. So we are believing God for great and mighty things in 2017. Amen. Praise God. So keep one another in prayer. Keep edifying one another. Keep exalting one another. Amen. Encouraging one another. And keep your fellowship with the Lord and keep your fellowship with one another. Even in your homes. Have some good Christian fellowship. Amen. In your homes. Amen. It would make a difference. Amen. Father, we truly appreciate you again tonight, Lord. And God, we pray for Todd. Oh, man. Lord God, I'm asking you to touch Todd again tonight, Lord. Let your will be accomplished, Lord, I pray, in this situation and circumstance. God, I pray for everyone that's under the sound of my voice, their families, their loved ones, oh God. Lord, I know you have our best interests at heart in all that we do, God. And I'm asking you to continue to strengthen each and every one of us, oh God, in your word, Lord. We're so thankful, Lord God, for what you do for us and how much you truly, truly love us, God. And I thank you, Lord, for your people tonight. Bless each and every one of them, God. I pray, Father, that you would open up the windows of heaven upon every one of them, God, and that you would shower them with blessings that they will not have room enough to receive it, O God. Give them wisdom. Give them knowledge. Give them understanding. Give them discernments, Lord God. Give them everything that they need to be successful in you, Lord. And I will give you all the glory and the honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. See everybody Sunday.